My guest today is Pitts Quatrone. He is a professional Yadaki player, or better known as the Didgeridoo. But the one thing about the Didgeridoo is that he has discovered, and not only himself, but it has been proven or shown that this can help with sleep apnea. So have a listen, and you'll find out exactly how and why this happens. Well, thanks, Chuck. Chuck, I appreciate you having me on the show. My curiosity got piqued when you were talking about sleep apnea and then the didgeridoo. Mm -hmm. But if we could start off by having you give a little bit of background about yourself and how you discovered this and, you know, the big why, why? I was always the kid in the back of the room and in class who was making other people laugh and making weird sounds and (laughs) and the class clown, George Carlin's class clown. I was typically (laughs) that guy. So, um, and the didgeridoo is like, I first heard it probably in the Crocodile Dundee movies in the 80s. And I, I locked into that sound as soon as I heard it in the background. I was like, oh my God, what is that thing? I, I need to know what that is and more about it. So uh, I found out it was a didgeridoo. And uh, after the initial lunge to the sound the connection to the instrument I felt deeper and deeper and deeper inside so it was a very serious thing it Mm -hmm. wasn't just this like oh it's a cool sound thing anymore so it's it's the oldest musical instrument on the planet and no one really knows exactly how old it is there's discussion it could be 1500 years old it could be 40,000 years old we don't know Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's and then I my wife gave me one uh, for Christmas in uh, 1993. So and that was the first time I attempted to play didgeridoo. <laughs> you, you know, like you said, the sound when you first hear it, it's just like, what? And that well, I'm doing it wrong, but <laughs> you get it. But I mean, it also it, it, like it to me, it kind of captivates you. You're like. And I almost, I remember when I first heard it, I almost was like in a trance, just that, that sound. I don't know, the vibration, the hum, something just kind of, wow. And yeah, it it really grabs you. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like it's coming from the middle of the earth, coming up and (laughs) grabbing you. And you got a direct connection to the, uh, the electrical socket to the planet. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, it, it does grab you like that, but you know <laughs> what? I, I'm so unfamiliar with the instrument, the sound and the popularity of it. Is there, um, is it a popular instrument worldwide or maybe even just in the, uh, the States? Yeah. Well, there's different pockets around the country, around the U S and, and around the world, really, that the didgeridoo is, is really known. And then there's. I talk to people every week who have no idea what this thing is. So it goes from like, yeah, we're really super familiar to I have no idea what that thing is. So but in this country, uh, mostly in the West Coast, especially in the, uh, the Pacific Northwest of the United States, like Portland, Oregon, Seattle, San Francisco, all in the, the digs, it's well known uh, in the 
In the East Coast, I'm not so sure. I live in Vermont, so I'm the didge guy in Vermont. But it's like, <laughs> but then there's also other countries. It's really popular, and like uh, in Amsterdam, it's really popular. In uh, in France, uh, Portugal, Spain, it's it's well known in those countries. Now, this has given you the opportunity to travel the world, hasn't it? To to teach about the instrument, about the sound, um, and, you know, kind of leading into the sleep apnea where you say that it can actually help with that. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, what? I was just going to say, so how, how, how did you discover or when was it discovered that it can help with that? And what is it a magical tone, an earth, a body tone or a vibration that helps with it? I want to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, for addressing the sleep apnea connection, uh, in 2005, a, a big study was published in the British Medical Journal from a, a doctor in Switzerland who had 25 sleep apnea patients, and he brought in a didgeridoo teacher, and they played for six days a week, half an hour a day for four months. And at the end of that time period, they everyone discovered that their apnea episodes dramatically reduced and the way it was termed in the medical community, and I'm not a medical professional, I'm a didgeridoo guy, but the study calls it an effective treatment alternative. Hmm. So it's backed by hard science. So what happens is when you're playing the dig, it starts with your lips flapping like, and then after a while, at the end of that breath, you're going to need more air. So you do this thing called circular breathing, which means you you breathe while you play. There, the sound keeps going. So what happens is you, you're playing. So you catch some air in your cheeks. And with your cheeks, you squeeze in just for a second or two. So it's forcing that air out of your mouth. So you're not actually breathing out. You're just using your cheeks independently like a bellows on a fireplace. Mm. And just that little puff keeps your lips flapping for a second. And that's your chance to breathe up your nose. So it's not as easy as what it kind of looked like. Somebody's just blowing into the thing. So, so there's a technique. Yeah. Man. Okay. The, the, the circular breathing thing allows you to play for as long as you want to. But in the beginning, students come to me and we practice basic concepts in one breath. However long your breath is, it doesn't matter. We do all the basics in one breath. And then later down the road, we'll tie it together with circular breathing. It's like little band-aids of breath in between. So you can continue for as long as you'd like. Uh, and uh, using all those muscles, getting back to the sleep apnea thing, that's why I'm explaining all this, mm -hmm. is using those muscles, the cheeks, the uh, throat muscles, those muscles, especially down here, they're usually the problem with sleep apnea. So those muscles don't get a workout. They get a little flabby and a little bit loose and, and block the airway. So doing playing dig and especially the circular breathing, it gives those muscles and it's an internal workout for those muscles, gets them back uh, into shape, nice and straight. So they're no longer clogging the airway and the apnea is pretty much disappears 
after you re you really have to work at it, but it's a commitment. But it's there's no drugs involved. There's no CPAP machine. It, you're playing an instrument. So and also playing the oboe works those muscles in a similar fashion. So okay. they're no longer in the in the way. So you can the air flows freely. All right. So it's really uh, it, it's not the sound or anything. It's the technique and it's it's the playing of the instrument that. Um, like it says, strengthens the muscles and everything in your throat and your cheeks and opens up your airways. So it's, that is what helps you with that sleep apnea. Now it completely makes sense because I've seen those things that they call the appliances, you know, that uh, push your tongue forward and that kind of thing and all that. So that is amazing. Um, now you custom make or you, you, you make didgeries too, right? Yes, I do. I handcraft instruments. I've been doing that since the early mid nineties, pretty much after I got my first one, I started making them out of bamboo right away. Cause there was a bamboo patch down the road. And, uh, cause I wanted different sizes, different diameters, lengths, different notes. So I started experimenting with bamboo right away. And, uh, yeah, I, I've been making instruments ever since. And they're on my website and I teach classes. I go to schools, I go to retreat centers, museums. Uh, so I go all over the place. And yeah, this instrument, it's it's been really good to me. It, it's a hollowed out tree branch and it has totally saved my life and given me a career and a, a real purpose. Wow. Uh, you know, so every single one of the didgeries that I've ever seen, of course, have all been on the silver screen <laughs> or the little yeah. TV screen. They've all been really long. Do they have mm -hmm. to be? you know, nine feet long, or can they be a little four footer or, or what, what is it with the length? And I would imagine with the length, you'd have to have more breath control or something or a bigger lung. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's like any other instrument. The long ones are going to be deeper and bassier. The shorter ones are going to be higher and brighter sounding. Uh, for a didge, I've found out by experiment, it, it needs to be at least three feet long. And okay. even that's a little too short because you have to really honk on it to get a, a good sound. So the most common didges are between four and five feet long, but they can go as long as you want to. I mean, like seven, eight feet long. They're very unusual and only come out in, in rare occasions. But the most common length is right around four and a half to five feet. Those are the ones that I like to play. It's a personal preference thing. But uh, the ones I make and sell to uh, the public, they're between four and five feet long. And, and the four footers are a great starter instrument, super easy to play. And you, you can get a decent sound almost immediately if your lips are doing the right thing. <laughs> Yeah. So with the sounds and stuff for, for, for people like me and other people who don't know a thing about it, yeah. um, are there holes like a flute, like a piccolo, or is it more like a kazoo? You know, you're, you're using how much volume air you're pushing out and doing things to change the pitch or is it? How far yeah. off am I, Pitts? How far off am I? <laughs> <laughs> There's no holes. There's only one at the end and one at the top. So that with that we got figured out. Yeah. Um, it, you don't you don't really hum in it uh, initially. I mean, later down the road you can for different effects, but the initial sound and I can demo for you and hopefully yeah. the sound will come 
come across in a, a good way. So the basic drone is your lips flapping. And once you have that, then we can start adding things to it. It's kind of like uh, you build a house and you have the foundation, that lip flapping drone, that's your foundation. Mm, okay. Let me see if I can, uh, if we can get something come across here and you tell me if it's, if it's okay with the audio. It's not going to put me to sleep, is it? I is love it. Is it coming across? It is. It is. Okay, cool. Because sometimes in the in video chats, there's a uh, an audio uh, compression thing that just squashes it. But if it's coming through, great. It did. Uh, I, I got that deep, rich tone and... Yep. <laughs> I okay, want I'll one now. I, I want one. All right, <laughs> a little bit more demo. So it's my lips are flapping. And that's all I'm doing inside. That straight line is my foundation. Okay. So when your first goal, when you start to play, is to get that foundation solid. And uh, once you have that, then we can add all kinds of other things. The first thing I like to show folks is you move your tongue inside your mouth, forward and back. That gives you this sound. It, it bends the pitch. I'm not using my voice, I'm just imitating it. But wow. if that's coming through. It is. So once, once you have that, then that opens up a whole world. And there's a handful of uh, traditional sounds that you can do. And getting to the traditional sounds, basically, in the original purpose for the dig it's it's a sound effects machine it's the first sound effects machine so uh when there's at nighttime around the fire there's one person telling a story or a lot of times singing a story and then there's two or three dancers imitating the movements what's happening in the story and then there's one rarely two dig players and their job is to imitate the sounds of what's happening in the story so bringing those words to life with the didgeridoo. So if there's a mosquito, a dingo, a donkey, kookaburra, whatever's happening in the story, it's the didgeridoo player's job to make that sound. Um, not to lighten, cheapen, or make fun of or anything like that, but I this is an awesome instrument for the campfire. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear oh, people yeah. bringing out the guitars and playing, but this, like you said, if you're making a story, I, I can picture a group of us guys sitting around the campfire and we're looking and there's a big tree. It's like, I'm going to have this other tone and then make a whole story out of it. This might sound cheesy and corny, but that's what I see. Oh, that's the, that's the perfect image, man. That, that's, that's the original purpose right there. And it's per, absolutely perfect around the fire at nighttime. Even if no one's not, even if no one is speaking, you're just one pl person playing didge is it, it, you go back in time really fast. All I have to say is 
neighbors are going to be hearing this weird, strange sound. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll pull them over. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Come no, on this down. Is, yeah, this is awesome. Now, like you said, you handcraft these um, instruments. It's now you don't have to give me an exact figure, but are are is there a range of price and things like that? Because I think this is going to be really of interest to people that go, holy smokes, this is really cool. It's something I could just pack up, put it in a, a nice canvas roll and take it off to go camping with me. Or even on a day hike, you know, I could see getting up to the mountains, getting to the lake and just sitting there and just playing that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm overly it's... excited. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, there are um, like over the shoulder sacks that you can put the dig in. So you just hold it like that and it's over the shoulder and your hands are free. So, yeah, take it out to wherever. And it doesn't need electricity, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the digits that I I I have two lines of digits. One is the the uh, natural bark digits and they run in 275. And then Mm -hmm. for the fancy painted up ones like the one over here on this far end that's 475 that's and I beautiful ship them in the low, and and i ship them all over the world so that's not an issue okay yeah and they can uh, get all the information right from your website too by going there and you have a mm-hmm. store on your website i think right correct yeah yeah um so and what I handcraft is all the instruments myself. It's it's just me. I don't have a factory. I don't have any helpers or employees. It's a one-person show. So wow. if you get something from me, it's directly from me. It's hand, it's, it is handcrafted by Pitts. <laughs> there it is. You got it. It's, uh, you know, the instrument behind you. I'm looking at that. I can see that. It's beautiful looking. It's it's nice from what right. I can see. Um, you want me to bring it closer? You want to see it closer? Yeah. Yeah, if there's uh, and this one is a little bit longer, Chuck. It's probably I'm like five nine, so you can't see it. It's probably about five and a half feet long, this one. Okay. So here's the the little sections. And the bell end. Mm Mm-hmm. Each one I I uh, autograph date and I mark in there what note it's playing. And here's the mouthpiece end. Sometimes you'll see wax at the end of a dig mouth, uh, uh, mouthpiece end. And the wax really, like this one, the wax really, if the instrument is a real wide body like that, you can't mm-hmm. play it because the air is going to fly out the sides. So you oh. have to shrink, you have to shrink that diameter down to the mouthpiece so it fits your mouth. I don't really gotcha. like the wax, so I've come up with a technique of just forming the end of the branch so it's a natural mouthpiece given whatever the branch gives me. Mm-hmm. So this one is it's probably too long to fit into the screen, but... way deeper than the other one I was playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a love for a new instrument now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Once you're hooked, forget it. It's a lifelong thing, man. <laughs> I, I can tell it is just that that sound, that uniqueness of this sound is really, really cool. I don't know how else to explain it other than it's really cool. It is. It's it's an ancient sound, but it's like instantly accessible too. So it's really, it's got old and new and present all right there mixed in. So I know what you mean. You And you hear that. And now that you hear it and you see it played, it's going to pop up in your life in all weird, unexpected locations, like like Outback Steakhouse TV commercials. You'll hear the didge in the background or Foster's beer commercials. The didge is in the background. Anything to do with Australia, most likely the didge is going to be part of that soundtrack. Well, I have a feeling that you could be watching that commercial. The didge is not going to be in there, but you're still going to hear the sound because it's like in your head, ingrained. It's like... <laughs> But was that like, somebody go? What do you mean? There's no dig in there. It goes. I swear I heard it. <laughs> yeah, you're asking where is the dig? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta throw this out. Hey, anybody out there in the Middle Earth kind of stuff? Like said, hey, this is the instrument that puts you right there. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a couple other sounds you can do. Another aspect is you can bring your voice into play. So your lips are flapping. And then, and then the tongue movement thing was. Then the next element that we can add, and there's a ton of traditional sounds that use this technique, is your voice. So whatever is happening in the story or in nature, like a dingo, a donkey, kookaburra, you can imitate those sounds with your voice while your lips are flapping. So the, the first easiest one is the dingo. It's a wild dog. So it's a dog barking. So it's with your lips. Mm -hmm. That's all the player's doing. And that gives you this sound through the baby ditch. Did you hear it in there? I sure did. All right, cool. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm gonna yeah. go back to that campfire thing to and the guitar yeah. and where you you just, I mean, you you, at least me, you, you think you go camping and this is what you want to do and you're going, well, I can't play guitar and I think a guitar, uh, strumming corp, uh, it's not gonna sound very good. This, I think, like I said, once you get that technique of the with the lips and everything. You, it, whatever sound it's coming out, it's your sound and it's a sound. So I think this is, again, I'm the campfire, the camping, it's coming up to that season. This is the instrument to, to take along with you. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect in that setting. Another nice setting too is uh, in the beach at nighttime. <clears throat> yeah, with the ocean <sighs> coming in in the background. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm dreaming. I'm a, <laughs> my mind is all someplace else. <laughs> you said the magic word, dreaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I just want to make sure, again, that people know um, that they could go to your website. You've got a lot of information up here. Uh, you've done TV programs, uh, specials, and you've gone to, like you said, schools. You've done education on this. You have your store there, your contact information. But it's just pits p-i-t-z and it's patron q-u-a-t 
A-T-T-R-O-N-E.com. I'll make sure that I have it in the show notes. And again, like Pitts was saying, if that's too much for you, just remember Pitts, P-I-T-Z, and you could just put Pitts Digi or just Digery or something, and he's going to pop up. Yeah, it'll definitely get there, too. And another thing on my site that we didn't talk about is my music. So I I, I go around all over the place and and we kind of skipped over. I'm not sure how much time we have. Sure, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, On my site, there's a lot of different types of music that I play in. Some of it's my stuff. Some of it is other stuff, other people's stuff. So I really believe that the dig can be a, a critical component of any type of music anywhere from any any corner of the earth. And this thing has taken me to some really cool places like Greenland in uh, Senegal, I'm hanging out and the guys in Baba Mall's band, if you know who they are, they're buddies of mine. The one drummer is the lead drummer of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. His name is Masamba Jope, and Masamba is a buddy of mine. So I'm playing the didgeridoo in West Africa with these guys, and it's <laughs> it's a mind blower. It's it's so cool, like this ancient instrument from a different continent, and I'm taking it from the United States to West Africa in these different musical settings, and going to schools there too, and it's. This instrument has taken me all over the place. So I love putting it in different musical settings, including my own stuff that some of it's like super catchy and fun and and funky stuff. And uh, so that's on my website as well. And there's all kinds of uh, original music videos, too. All right. Yeah, I see right where it's uh, music. You have your music tab there. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I will be checking that out. Okay, cool. And I'm on most any any of the the music platforms. I'm there too. Just ask Siri or Alexa to play Pitts Quattrone, and it's going to come up. Nice. Um, well, Pitts, this has been fantastic. I, I just want to leave it with: Is there anything else that you can um, throw out there about yourself or about the instrument? Well, the the thing is about the didgeridoo is it's all positive. It's all good stuff. There's nothing negative about it. And, um, and some people ask me like, Oh, are you, are you, are you an Aboriginal guy from Australia? I'm not, you know, I just like, I'm a white guy from Philadelphia who lives in Vermont now who plays this ancient <laughs> instrument. And it's like this wacky, you know, conglomeration of cultures but it's in some Aboriginal buds totally give me their blessing on what I'm doing. I'm sharing their instrument. It's not mine. It's their instrument. I'm sharing it with the world. And as long as I'm turning on the world to this instrument in a respectful way, which I am, I hope uh, everything's all good. So the, my, my goal is to turn on as many people to this instrument as I can because it's really helped me. And I think it can help a lot of other people. Even if you don't play, just the sound of it relaxes you. It, put, mm-hmm. it gives you a, a calming, calming down. Maybe it can put you into a meditative state even better. But if we can calm down with this instrument, if this helps you get there, bingo, mission accomplished. Yep. And like I said, it's trying to reach the world and let them know about the instrument. And 
the more people like that that look like you that other people can relate to it just opens up that that door and uh makes it more well known i think so yeah you know where i'm going with that (laughs) it's i do and in it goes back for me it goes back to like music is the great communicator and the great thing that put keeps us all together as one people you know it, it doesn't matter what language you speak if you're playing music with another player, you're communicating right there way deeper than any language. You're right. And as corny as it sounds, and you're saying exactly that, that it's, it's a universal language. So Yeah, man. It's, we all understand that note, that sound, that sound. So, Pitts, this has been awesome. Th- this has brightened my day. You and the sound of the didgeridoo have... Uh, <laughs> Totally brightened my day. <laughs> I'm psyched, Chuck. That's so cool. And you know, again, thanks for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it. And the more we can get the word of the didgeridoo out there into the world, the better world it will be. <laughs>